I didn't want to let this story fall into the ra- under the radar because it it is and was a very big story, and it was a brutal, brutal murder. This involves a 17-year-old incel-inspired killer who has uh, now pleaded guilty to first-degree murder and attempt murder in a murderous attack inspired by his hate of women and admiration of Alec Manassian. And so in an agreed statement of facts, we learn that this teen admitted to buying a 17-inch sword inscribed with Thought Slayer, put on his black trench coat and glasses, and then he walked to an exotic massage parlor where he would viciously slaughter the receptionist. And this is a woman who went by the name of Ashley Arzaga. She was a mom to a five-year-old. All of this was caught on video camera, which shows the brutality of what she, of of this 24-year-old, of what she went through. She was stabbed 42 times, almost every single part of her body, as this man screamed degrading names at her. She fought like hell to survive. In fact, she was able at one point to run for help. But in the end, she could not be saved by the manager who ended up uh, running in and disrupting this attack and then was also attacked. Now, we can't name this teen unless he's sentenced as an adult in the next couple of months. I, I will go out on a limb here and say he will be sentenced as an adult, at which time then we can talk about who he is. But until that happens, I can't say who it is. Jessica Davis, former CSIS uh, senior intelligence analyst and president of Insight Threat Intelligence, joining us now. Great to have you, Jessica. Thanks so much for having me on. So this 17-year-old is covered by youth, um, you know, laws, so he's got protection. But the first in Canada to actually be charged with first-degree murder, um, you know, an attempt murder motivated by terrorism related to the misogynistic ideology of incel. And so um, they're now going to argue in court as to whether this falls under terror. And to me, it seems pretty obvious that, yes, it is. And you say what? Yes, so I would agree with you. So from my perspective, from a purely analytic perspective, this is a clearly incel-motivated terrorist attack. Um, Mm -hmm. The difference is, of course, that legal test. So what what they're going to be looking for in in terms of the legal test is going to be whether or not they can prove basically that incel ideology, involuntary celibate ideology, is an ideology that fits the definition of Sort of something that can be used in our terrorism provision. So as, as you know, and I'm sure many people know, uh, in Canada, terrorism is violence or threat, serious threats of violence that are motivated in whole or in part by political, ideological, or religious motivation. Now, those are not mm-hmm. categories, so there's lots of overlap. So, you know, your Al-Qaeda or ISIS terrorism would be potentially both religious and ideological or religious and political. In this case, the incel motivation would really be that ideological piece. So it would be really proving um, to, or arguing to the judge anyways, that incel is a coherent ideology. Yeah. And in this case, the, the defense is going to argue, A, he wants a youth sentence, which is ridiculous, and, and but that's his job. Um, uh, I have a very hard time, given the degree of the violence, and we sanitized it quite a bit. But the the degree of violence that that this woman suffered, um, it, it's hard to put into words. But you look at this case because it's actually a very big deal. It's a precedent setting case because you're looking at cases like the London case where you had this Muslim family mowed down in what is you know been described as this hate motivated killing. So if you can't get a consensus on this, it will have precedent um, or consequences to other cases, and not just here in Canada. Yeah, I think, you know, the real challenge here is 
having our judicial system, and really to a certain extent the public, because even judges are part of the public, understand that there are other forms of terrorism in the world today. You know, we had we you know many of us came up in the post 9/11 era where you know terrorism is defined in a very fairly narrow way, um, although you know historically terrorism has a lot more than just your Al-Qaeda or Islamic State-inspired terrorism. Um, so I think part of this is really about educating the public that what other forms of terrorism are, so that ideologically motivated violent extremism or ideologically motivated terrorism, what that is and what that can look like. So I think that's part of what's so important about this. There are other cases around the world of incels now being charged with um, very serious offenses, so definitely murder. And in, in the UK, I think there's one that's also being charged with terrorism. So lots of other jurisdictions will look to how the arguments are made about incel being an ideology. Yeah, it, well, you know, and it's interesting because a lot of people didn't know a lot about incel. Of course, Alec Manassian put it on the map, and it is Alec Manassian who this guy admired and would watch his tapes, and, you know, he felt he had a connection, and that's why he planned what he planned. But it was a very orchestrated plan, and he had a record and a history of, of his absolute, uh, it wasn't not resentment, his absolute he detested women. I mean, the things he said to this woman as he killed her, um, you know, it's not just about guys who can't get action. There's a really, really dangerous undertone um, to what is being spread in in your experience, Jessica, because I know you watch them. I, mean, I, I don't go to the dark web. I don't think most people in the mainstream do. Um, but when you see and when you've been looking through this, is it getting worse or is it starting, is the education starting to seep into it? That's a difficult question. You know, it's really difficult to measure sort of shifts in rhetoric over time. I would say that sort of on the Intel forums, it's fairly consistent. That undercurrent of absolute hate that you talk about towards women is still there. To a certain extent, I actually think it's getting worse because some of it's becoming much more mainstream. So we see mm -hmm. influencers on TikTok adopting very misogynistic views and getting lots of um, attention for that. So I think we're really in a, in a very dangerous time right now where it seems to be publicly acceptable to have this kind of really hateful attitude towards women. Fortunately, most of it doesn't result in violence, but you know, to, to a certain extent, the problem is much bigger than just the violence. So where do you see it going, the issue going from, from here? Because it hasn't been labeled as domestic terror officially, um, but clearly, you know, it is not going to go away. And, and the problem is once these people become fixated on you or the issue, uh, they, they tend to act. And that, that's where the problem is. And, and there are always a lot of signs and hints, but we always seem to react after the fact. Yeah, there's a couple of things that I think are, are really important here. So the first thing is that because incel is a diffuse movement, we're not going to, we probably won't see it labeled or listed as a terrorist entity under our listings process. That's generally reserved for more structured groups or organizations. However, thesis and public safety, so our, you know, our big leads on policy and investigations in terms of terrorism in Canada, both see incel-motivated violence as terrorism. They are very clear in terms of including that under that ideologically motivated violent extremism label. The next piece, in terms of this case in particular, I think is really about seeing what the judge thinks and how those arguments are made. Um, and really educating the public. Because as you say, there's lots of signs and indications that 
people uh, in cells and many other types of, of violence are mobilizing the violence. They take concrete action in their preparations, as you mentioned, the purchase of a sword, for instance. Um, and family members and bystanders and friends and work colleagues all need to understand what the sort of ideological and, and terrorism component is, but then also what those warning signs are. Right. In other words, it's not just a policing or a security issue. It's one of those things like we see in so many crimes. If you see something, say something. Like you just, you have to be part of the solution. If your son's out there buying a sword, chances are, uh, I mean, unless he's a sword collector and then this is his thing, I mean, there may be a problem. Yeah, and it's really a very delicate balance because we don't want people to just be sort of reporting on each other and policing each other in this way. But it is really important that people, you know, really take care of each other and and look out for these really hateful ideologies and and keep an eye out for those potential mobilization signs because it's really beyond the scope of what law enforcement or security services can keep an eye on. No question about it. As we've seen time and time again, I don't need to tell you, there are always signs. The point is, don't ignore them now. Jessica, we'll see what happens. I'll be watching this one closely because it is an important decision and uh, certainly will have implications. Very much appreciate you joining us. Thanks so much for having me on, Alex. That's Jessica Davis, former CSIS intelligence uh, analyst, president over at Insight Threat Intelligence. And so, yeah, (laughs) there's a couple of issues with that case. Sentencing him as an adult, which he deserves, and seeing what label or uh, category this is put in.